Broadway fans, welcome to the first episode of Broadway AMA, where you can ask your favorite Broadway stars anything. I'm Caitlin Milligan, your host. I'm very excited to say that the show's first guest is none other than Matthew James Thomas, who made his Broadway debut in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, played the title role in the Tony Award-winning revival of Pippin, and currently stars in the Roundabout Theatre Company's production of Time in the Conways. I'm very excited to have Matthew as my first guest, and I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for being a guest on this. Sure. It's very awesome of you. The show is Broadway AMA, so it's Ask Me Anything. And so yeah. we've had fans oh, that's right. submit questions, but also, you know, questions that I have, you know, as a fan myself, obviously. Wow. But <laughs> make me blush. Of course. In this tiny room. It's a very tiny in Todd's room. Office. We're in Tom's office, everybody. Not that anybody knows what that means, but no. we are. We're I mean not. I don't know. <laughs> we are in the office of Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Todd will pop out of the... Yeah, somewhere. just come out of nowhere. <laughs> so yeah, so we can start with the fan questions. First up, we have um, at the ugly bug ball, or he or she tweeted a few things. First off, um, going back to what we were talking about before, he enjoys your EP No Sound at All. Any new songs to anticipate in the future? It's a good question. I was just the other day, uh, I worked on two or three more that I never released after that, um, just after I finished that EP. Uh, and I intended to write a full album, um, and I do. I think I still do. And in, in the future, I just I was very frustrated with um, time and 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 how good I wanted it to be. I, I wanted even that that EP was wasn't half finished. It was it was a finished version of what we were aiming for with that. But I just wanted to take it further and further. And you know, acting keeps you busy, and I've been I've been busy, which is lucky, and it, and it takes a lot of it takes a lot of time. Um, so maybe it should have been called No Time at All. <laughs> the EP, or maybe that's what the album will be called. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so stupid to say out loud, but no, I, I do. I definitely want to do more music, and um, I'm I'm really I feel so lucky that I have real human beings listening to it. It's just it like it breaks my heart actually. I just think it it, it does because it's it's I never ever thought that would happen. Really, that people would listen to it and enjoy it, and you know, I and did obviously buy it. that's the point. When um, it came out, you did, I did you buy it. it. So I owe you four dollars. Yes. <laughs> Back uh, when iTunes was like actually something, and you, you went use, on that you could use instead of just Spotify. smack your computer. Yeah, well, that as well. Oblivion. Sorry, Apple, but it's annoying. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so yeah, the idea is eventually to do more, but um, I'm not. I'm definitely not pursuing that um, as a career, and I never really was. I, I just I I uh, want to keep developing. I work on my voice and maybe eventually do something a little different with it. I don't know how I'll release the music, but maybe some, some fun projects. We'll okay. see. And I mean, that was produced by Duncan Cheek. What was that like working with him on the album or the EP? I mean, as you could probably imagine, he's super cool and um, he's very smart and he taught me a lot. It's great to work with someone who suggests things that at first you're like, wait, what? And then <laughs> half an hour later, you're like, that was genius. How, that you just, you couldn't see coming. You didn't, you know, I love working with people like that. Yeah, um, I haven't seen him for a long time, but um, that experience was was pretty special. He's got a great studio up in Garrison. It was great. I mean, it was, it, it was a, a long, you know, it was, a, it was a, a dream of mine to really to do music that way, to have a proper studio, to use proper musicians, and take 
our time, <laughs> which we didn't have much of, um, to really produce that music. But yeah, he's he's he's, he's a special guy. Awesome. So he also asked that if I could go back in time, I'd see you in Pippin when it toured in San Francisco. What would you go back and change if you could? Not much. The tour, I mean, I, I loved doing that tour. And it was also, what was so great about it was, it was uh, for me, it was, it was nine weeks. So I knew I could just go insane. You know, balancing, and people don't like to hear this really about <laughs> uh, performing um, on Broadway because I think they maybe, maybe like to believe that everybody's an actual superhero, but it's, 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 it's tricky to give, um, to give your all. Um, and that's all I really want to do when I'm working is give my all because otherwise I don't really see the point. And I, I definitely gave everything I had to that production. And when we had the tour, when, we, when I went on the tour, I sort of had a little bit of a break. I'd done some TV elsewhere and then came back and had a break and, I just, I ran into it like I was this crazy person who'd never done the show before. I did it for nine weeks, well, eight weeks, um, with a completely new company who didn't know me and it didn't, it didn't know what was going to happen. And for the first, well, actually in Denver, it was really exciting. The first two or three versions of that show were just, they were the show. It was, the concept was realizing itself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's partly down to Diane's realization of it. Um, and all of the fantastic and brilliant actors that formed and molded those performances on, on Broadway. Um, and then, you know, new people visiting it and seeing what they could do with it. It was, yeah, it was really cool. I don't know that I changed much, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's so different from... Your I have my, like, I have an idea, like, you know, Pippin is... I grew up really loving musicals, but not necessarily being a fan of them. I didn't like listen to musicals over and over and over again. They weren't, you know, necessarily my iPod wasn't chock full of them. Yeah. Um, certainly a couple of songs I, I knew of. Um, and I didn't really know the music of Pippin, but coming into the show, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because you have to, you have to let go of everything. You have to sort of let it take you and, and control you and t tell you what to do. And, and then you put your own spin on that. But I'd like to, I'd like to in the future, and that's part of what the, the new music that I was writing was about, was maybe revisiting the concept and, and playing around with some, some new ideas. Well, going off of your time in Pippin, at Melando would like to know, what are your simple joys? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, reading, uh, my friends. And are you reading anything right now? I am. Uh, uh, Cavalier and Clay, which... which <laughs> Which is brilliant so far, right? Yeah. I'll have to write that down. At Evil Hens, what do you find more challenging about acting in a play versus a musical? They're the same. I mean, you in some ways, I think it depends on the play and it depends on the musical. But um, I think that your performance should and is, this, is the same. same. Same level of discipline and, and hard work and focus and attention to detail I think yeah it's it's it really I think it would depend on the play especially with this I'm, I'm not on stage for the entire show but when I'm not on stage I'm, I'm getting into uh, my second act gear which is tricky there's a lot of you know I do have a fair amount of time backstage but all the time I find myself coming to watch the performances on stage because they're so good yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah they are just so good so um yeah, I don't. I don't really think there's a difference. I mean, for for sure, when you're singing in a show and, and you're having to maintain a certain quality of voice, 
that's that's something that you have to factor into every performance, even though you might not like to. And in this, it's nice to have the freedom just to be able to enjoy my voice because I'm I'm not singing. Yeah. Which um, I I always enjoy that about. Really? Yeah. So in the future, maybe we'll see you back. I hope so. <laughs> Facebook fan Beth, don't want to use their last name. Um, <laughs> just you know, not like <laughs> we're worried, but um. <laughs> If you could star in any revival of a musical, what role in what show is your dream? Whoa. <laughs> That's so intense a question. I couldn't I can't I can't even imagine a revival of a show. Anything you know you said that you didn't really have too many you listened to growing up. Yeah, I've always loved one. I always loved cabaret. I thought it was such a beautifully structured show and of course the MC would be fun. And I'd like to get there eventually when the timing's right. <laughs> um there, you know, I'd love I'd love to see a revival of Singing in the Ring. Oh wow, yeah. Again, I'm not quite age ready yet. But, um, or maybe I, I don't know. And how old is he? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. There's two. There's two. There's two. Yeah. Did I? I mean, think pretty fun. Yeah, cabaret. I actually saw Alan coming when he did the roundabout just a couple years ago. Yeah, man. It was. It's such a dynamic role, but I feel like you were used he's to those too. Yeah. Actor, yeah, he's he's amazing. Yeah. He was fabulous. Very inspiring to watch him perform in anything. So, talking about time in the Conways, mm. so like you were talking before about your transition between Act 1 and Act 2, mm. what do you have to do as an actor to prepare to play a character 18 years apart at different points in his life? Well, I, certainly in this, and, and Priestley is such a good writer, and he's, he's, you know, he's so smart. The, the transition, there, there are little clues that are uh, layered across the entire script. It's, um, Robin really, he, he, he goes through, I think, one of the most severe transitions, um, at least um, physically and emotionally, because he, he is in constant competition with himself and he just never wins and he never really realizes how to overcome that. And he suffers and suffers from it and he never really learns a lesson. He's been enabled by his mother um, his whole life and he's always sort of had things come easy to him. Um, he even made it through the First World War, which, yeah. you know, which as a pilot, which is even, um, even, <laughs> it's, it's even worse <laughs> in a way because sure he made it through, but these, I think you, your, your sense of mortality when you, you survive something like that is probably a little bit askew. Yeah, you think um, you're invincible. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we're talking about an era in which planes have only just been invented and it, then they're taking them into battle. I mean, a lot of the engineering feats that happen over the next 10, 10 to 15 years happened because they were forced into um, into that um, catalyst they needed to improve so fast. And it's it's a really interesting period, uh, period in history, t- terrifying and very relevant Definitely. thing to look at right now where we are um it's uh it's a scary thing being between two walls and, and knowing it and playing a character that's falling apart during <laughs> that process yeah i mean the show is set in 1937 but like you said there's so many parallels to things happening today and i feel like so audiences much, so can much. really resonate with that we haven't, the, the, the interesting thing is although our industry has moved on the way it has i don't think that we really have moved on that much at all yeah and we haven't none of this and we won't we refuse to and I think that you know, we, we really do need to look at our politics. And it's, I would encourage young people to really take an interest in this material too. And um, I know now of what's well, sort of, it's easy for me to say because I've become more involved in it. And you do because you naturally start to worry and care more as you grow up. But I, I do wish that the, the younger audience paid, paid a little bit more attention to this kind of thing. 
that way shows like this won't be relevant and yeah <laughs> hopefully would be great hopefully we watch back on this and be like, not... wow could you imagine you know there's some exactly. great there's some great speeches in this particular character madge who's um she's all for socialism and she's all for change and she's very enthusiastic about it and it, it well, may be a little unrealistic at the same time um however it's seeing the enthusiasm in, in a young person um is 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 it's very inspiring Definitely. Even in a character. Yeah. Played by a magnificent actress, Brooke Bloom. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, the cast that you work with, I mean, <laughs> stage and screen, just... Dreamcast. Yeah. What is it like working with them every night? Um, the easiest thing <laughs> ever. They are present. They are exciting. They're interesting. They're full of new ideas. They're lovely people. Um, and they're all so disciplined and determined, which is just so thrilling because their work comes first and I'm so honored to be in a group of people that feel that's really my dream. I mean, that is my dream. When you say, what would you rather do? TV film acting on a spaceship. It doesn't really make a difference just so long as I'm surrounded by people who are really trying to make a difference and do something special. And they are, and and have the discipline to make that happen. It's, it's great. You know, I mean, (laughs) you'll see it's, it's wonderful wonderful yeah. yeah i mean just the cast like there's so many incredible you guys great, are all great, such a big <laughs> i had a great moment with gay in the pippin times because obviously he was across the road doing matilda and we we saw each other at the tonys which of course he won that year and <laughs> just so exciting for him we had this sort of random moment we crossed each other on the stage i sort of had a feeling we might bump into each other in a production at some point and um it's it's fortunate and unfortunate that we play these well i play uh, a brother who's in such competition with him. And yeah, he's he's the, he's the he's the favorite son of the the deceased father, um, and I think that's part of what builds up my trouble and makes me such a troubled young man. It's not his fault, of course, but <laughs> it's 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 great. It's been great to play with Gabe, and and he's um he's such a smart guy. He he sees things in um a very beautiful and interesting and creative way. It's really. So you used to work on Diner, which was written with uh, mm-hmm. music from Sheryl Crow, and mm-hmm. then also with Spider-Man with, you know, Bono, U2. Um, what was it like working on musicals like that with huge people in, you know, a different area? Did you learn something different from seeing their perspective, maybe just from, you know, music, not theater, especially? I mean, I think musicals are one of the hardest things to pull off in the world. And <laughs> no, maybe that's a little bit extreme, but um, maybe the mistakes aren't the same. But um, in the art world, maybe. maybe. Bit, but no, I mean to, to get all of uh, in any, even in just a, you know, with people who are experienced with writing um, music for 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 the stage and for that in, in that process, it's it's still so so difficult to get right and and to get balanced properly. And I've had my shot at writing some uh, some stuff and and working on some musicals too. And, some concepts and some plays and some other stuff. Just, just um, it, it's really difficult. Um, so to be around pros like Cheryl Crow and and Bono and Edge, I mean, it's 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 much like you would think it is. It's a bit like, you know, it, it's it's being in the room with people who have proved their their skills to such a proficient and um, incredible level. It's it's magical. Um, and you you learn from their fearlessness. I mean, that's really what all of those people have in common is that they just don't care. They just write what they feel, and it might sound crazy at first. And then you know what? You cannot stop. You can't stop thinking about it. Cheryl, I really hope Cheryl writes more stuff for the stage. I know she will because she cannot not write a hit. 
she can't. Every, yeah. I mean, that was a real problem with that production. Was every time that she wrote something, it was like, how can we squeeze this in? Because it's so good. And I think that, you know. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it showed it was a sold out run. So obviously. Yeah. The, audiences. I mean, I, I'd still like to see that, sh- that, that show come about. Barry's a really fun person to work with. The cast are really great. Would you want to go back if it did transfer? Sure, yeah. I'd like to see um, how the script could develop some more. And, um, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely am a big fan of the work. And I thought that definitely what Cheryl did was really special, really cool. Great company. Yeah, I mean, it's, as, <laughs> as I said, it's as you would imagine what, what it feels like to be hanging out with Bono and Edge. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> This is one time it's coming out the stage door actually just next door, which is where Harry Potter's going to be. Oh, right, um, yeah. And they're, they're all getting ready for all of that stuff. And it is, it's because the production of that level, Spider-Man, was quite big. It was a similar production level. And, uh, you know, there were all these Escalades parked outside, and I was just sort of strolling home, and Edge sort of rolled down the window. I was like, hey, do you want to lift home? <laughs> and I was like, Sure. <laughs> Yeah, man, Casual. sat there in that car. It was one of the most awkward journeys I've ever, <laughs> ever had because, I mean, I was just like... What I, do you even talk to him about? You know that I feel awkward. You feel super cool because you are. I'm sitting here like uh, this guy from Buckinghamshire in England who's in a musical and <laughs> you're like, well, what do I say? But, it, yeah, they yeah, were like, fun times. <laughs> fun times that well, I, I, I look back very fondly upon. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you excited about uh, Chris Child? Oh, are you a big Harry it. Potter fan? Oh, oh you saw I, it. I saw it in London. Okay, I have, I have a couple of friends in London. Um, uh, my understudy in this actually is going in to do it too. Oh wow, Stuart, who's an amazing actor. And yeah, um, it's I'm very I, I'm I'm very excited about it. I may I may have seen um, I may have had a little peek around the corner at the, what they've done to the interior of the theatre, and it's just <laughs> just astonishing. I bet. I mean, it's just not. I mean, I think that show's fantastic. I think J.K. Rowling's amazing. Yeah, I had a. a- few people in my office disappointed that they didn't get into the the lottery for the tickets. I'm it's, sure. Uh, impossible. It's going to be hard to get a ticket for that show. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean. It was in London. Yeah. If, we, if I hadn't known someone in the show, I don't think that I'd have got in. And it's, um, I think it's great. I think it's really great theater. And a very new way of doing. Of yeah, playing. with the two parts. Yeah. Very, it, very Angels in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slash not about that kind of thing. Very... <laughs> Not intense. <laughs> Not alert. as intense. Yes. yes. Not so many. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what was your, what is your favorite part about playing Robin? What is my favorite part? There, well, there are lots. It's, it's, it's the hesitations because I think of so many moments when my head gets jammed up. I mean, part, I mean, playing Robin, to be specific about playing Robin, it's, it's, it's really fun to live in that, the, the, it, his excitement returning after and the idea of the possibilities, the things that he feels he's so full of himself. Um, and like one and he, and he, and he, he thinks anything's possible and everything's going to happen for him. And, and, um, in, in a strange way, although I know what's coming and I, I, you know, I've never really looked at things that narrowly, I don't think, or at least I hope not <laughs> as narrowly, maybe when I was very young, but in a str- it, it's, it's, it's exciting when you get when you to to have survived a brutal war and to come home thinking I was a part of fixing the problem. I, I did something. A sense of purpose was so ballooned into this mass of ego to come. I he doesn't realise that. So it's quite fun to live in that for a moment. And as an actor to know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um although I really try to shift that out so I just don't know. 
he doesn't know. He thinks he's going to be very successful, have everything he wants. You know, he thinks he's, it's all going to be laying, you know, on a golden platter for him. Uh, and obviously it isn't. And then really what I enjoy is, is, is the, the U-turn the most. I enjoy exploring who he's become and why he's become that and, and what that means and, and, and actually what that means to the audience watching in. I, I, I enjoy that part of the role immensely. Definitely. I mean, the juxtaposition between Robin and Alan is so yeah obvious and just like the way they, you know, end and, up is... Yeah. So clear by their mindsets. Rebecca has done an amazing job, and Gabe, and you know, just um, their their keen focus on what that relationship and their, what their dynamics are. And I think you know, it's not obvious. You know, you can you can you can read into it or not. You can find stuff that's there, or you know, I think they've done it in a very respectful and interesting way. And um, how that has shaped Act Two. Because obviously in Act Three we see that in Act Three, but uh, how that shapes um, Act Two is is marvelous um, and very fun to play and, and and heartbreaking too. Because you know really it's it, right there is a, is, is a is a bigger statement about everything at play, which is greed, um, materialism, and um, what you'll do just to feel bigger or better than someone else, and and what that can be. And of course we see Alan. He prevails, you know. He he survives. Yeah. He he sees. He he has the perspective, and I think this show it really is, and especially with the way that the set moves at the end, which is a beautiful, simplistic, clever set design. Having stepped off amazing versions of these incredibly intricate and dangerous and exciting sets to something that barely moves but just turns you inside out, is again it's just another thrilling U-turn in my career, which is. Um, I'm so grateful to be a part of it. I remember the first time I saw the set and I just, but I turned to mush. It sounds like maybe it's easy to say that in an interview and be like, yeah, sure. Okay. No, but I did. I, it just moves you because it just, it pulls you out of yourself and you stand there and you think, oh, I know what that space feels like. I feel like that. I felt like that five minutes ago in this interaction I have with someone, they make me feel this way or whatever. And I think that's where Rebecca humanizes this to a massive, it just, Proportionately huge place, and it's and it, she just it just comes with the set, and you just stood there with Alan and Kay, and you feel this space that we all know so well, but we yeah. never talk about. It's not part of our politics. It's not part of our systems. It's not part of the way that we think about one another, and it should be. You know, that's really what the play is about, and 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 how she's realised that with her team think is just remarkable yeah i mean it's incredible to be able to relate with an audience in that way too with just like a set design where like you were saying sometimes it's so grand or intricate but like when you have something so humanizing it allows audiences to really connect in a different way yeah i mean that ladies and gentlemen the stage is now available for your vocals ladies and gentlemen the stage is available for your vocals my podcast warm-up um yeah, it's um, it's 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 re- it's really special. I mean, that's what that's what the- that's why I do theatre. That's what theatre theatre in front of a camera or on a stage or wherever it is. And, you know, great directors are the same on an, uh, on any platform, and great actors are the same. Um, connecting to your audience is is really. I was talking to my friend about this the other night. It was really just about 
the, the opposite of lying. It's about letting go. You know, they're like, oh, that performance, you transformed it. I didn't see you up on the stage. I'm like, well, you, I didn't see me either. Hopefully. Yeah. If I did my job. So do you want audiences to leave the show um, trying to emulate Alan and his way of thinking? Or what do you think that they should take from this? Gosh, part? yes. No doubt. If we can learn something from that character, and we certainly don't have any difficulty getting past the performance because Gabe presents it in such a crystal clear um, and genuine um, performance. It, yes. If we could all be a little less greedy, a little less driven to succeed over the next person's downfall, just imagine how much better the world would be. Definitely. That's all it really takes. But we're so busy looking at our iPhones, <laughs> figuring out what, you know, how to squeeze it into 140 characters. Or 280 now, apparently. Sure. Great. <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, no, I. Mean, <laughs> no, this isn't social media. This ends up on social media, but I don't think it is social media. I think we all need a little less Facebook. I think yeah, there's a way of connecting with people that social media has that you know you normally you can reach certain people, but then there's also I think just that's the utter bullshit. Sorry, I think that's utter nonsense. There is it that you can you can connect to people without that stuff. No, I mean like like. <laughs> This I wasn't being saying able, you no, no. like you having this interview reaches out to fans that normally wouldn't maybe hear you or get totally. to see you. That's totally. the good kind. I mean, that's the good kind that we had with the internet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, just kidding. Okay. No, I, I, it's my opinion is my own, of course, and um, it's I, a means to an end. It's not something that you should live your life on. No, totally, and I think that there's there's some some grand uses of all of those things, but I think that it sort of maybe it makes it a little easier for us to not connect in ways that are very important for being a human being no definitely i actually there's an app that shows you how much you use your phone oh gosh and when i did that i was completely appalled and Scary. it really teaches you how to kind of put it down and not really and like it says in the app like live your life and it's so easy to get caught up in emails and work and things like that. But and it's just very interesting when people talk about all that stuff that's going into the future with, you know, all the technology and whatever, being, you know, Elon Musk is, is, is who I respect <laughs> massively, is, is very worried about um, computers taking over things. And he's probably right. But I sort of think that if we are actually going in that direction, then, then, then that's that. That will be the end. Because if we don't learn to reconnect as human beings, then, then there will be nothing worth yeah. building a robot for. Yeah. And I mean, I've, for me, at least, that's why I love theater so much, because it is real. One place, at least one place that we can find something. Yeah. I mean, you're watching people in front of you, and you're disconnected, and you're just completely entranced in this world for, you know, however many hours. And that's what's always drawn me to it, is just that complete emotional yeah. escape that's so different from even... I love TV and I love film, but there's just something so unique about live theater that I wish right. everyone could experience, because it really changes you, in my opinion. That's great. I'm glad you feel that. I feel that. I always feel that way. Yeah, I would hope so. um, Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, can't, I, I only wish that we could reach out. We, you know, I mean, here we are in Broadway. It's such an interesting thing. You know, we step into this peaceful, beautiful theater that's been built in order to um, provide people with, with performances. And you step right outside and you're just surrounded by all the stuff. It's, it's a very exciting place, Times Square. It's very exciting. It's full of energy. It's lots of people. It's lots of noise. It's lots of bright, shiny lights, but I don't really know what they do. You know, here, the, the lights are designed to help 
connect you to the message of an author who has an idea about that he wants to share, he or she, she wants to share with you about the past or the future in a, in a, in a means to educate both you and themselves as, as creative people. I just think that's... I just think that's magnificent. I'm clearly a fan. No, yeah. <laughs> and I have friends that are always like, oh, you know, avoid Times Square when you go into the city. And I'm like, no, just go off to the side because, you know, theater is there. It's just, you know, people get so caught up in all, like you said, the lights and things like that. But right, you know, down all the alleys, it's just incredible. No, it's just the sheer art. size of it. It's just, it's, it's just, you can't help but be a bit dumbfounded. Yeah. But you know that you know take 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 a right when you come down Forty Second Street and you go through these little doors into this theater that's like cramped between two other yeah. huge buildings and there's a you know there's eight hundred I don't know how many seats this is house it's it's yeah it's it's amazing that it's still here so I had a chat with my director about that we were just like isn't it amazing this is this is still here theater theater lives here thank goodness I know <laughs> I hope it never. No, ever I, leaves. I don't. I don't think it. It was. You'd have to get rid of humans to get rid of drama. Definitely. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me and. Yeah, this has been great. I'm honored. You're my first guest, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm even more honored. <laughs> I think it all will. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm very happy to do it, and I hope people can come see the show while we're while we're running. Come see the amazing Elizabeth McGovern. Definitely. Time in the Conways, I mean. She's a great mummy. She's mummy very well. <laughs> yeah. She loves her son very much. Maybe a little too much. Uh, yeah, I'm talking, speaking of. That woman is unbelievable. She's so amazing. Really? I'm so lucky. I mean, just from her work on, you know, yeah. Down Abbey and things like that, I couldn't even imagine what it's like to work with her. And she's, yeah, she's amazing and she's beautiful. <laughs> And um, she's so talented and so calm and patient. And it's really thrilling to work with an actor of that caliber with that much experience who's just still so cheerful and youthful and ready to learn and play and, and experience. And I mean, I really mean that. She's, she's, she's magnificent. Yeah, I bet you learn so much from her too. Oh, yeah. Every night. Every night from the audience and from the cast. It's, um, I'm starting to sound like a crazy actor person. Aren't no. <laughs> Well, just means you really, you know, believe in what you're doing. Which is... I do. It's great. It's, and I'm so lucky to be able to do something that I believe in. And good parents. Yeah. Good parents and good friends who keep me, who keep <laughs> grounded. me, keep me grounded and keep me, yeah, and also keep me propped up. That's the good, you need that balance. Yeah. yeah. This is just the icing, you know, it's like, it takes so much. It really does. Cause it's why it's such a hard career. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I know a lot. A lot of actors might deny this in person, but a lot of them talk about like, "Oh, I'm gonna quit," you know, <laughs> because you live constantly in that place of you, you. You give it so much of your heart and your energy, and you care about it so much. And it's so, so easy to look at acting as a sort of frivolous, silly career, but also you can look at it as something quite profound and, and difficult. And um, yeah, it's. I'm definitely after it. I'm. I'm after. <laughs> I'm after getting as good as I can at it and, and learning as much as I can. Yeah, I mean, because even with like with acting, you can be the best you that you are, but if the audience doesn't sure. respond, it's such a subjective as thing right. that as an actor you must have to deal with every night having a different audience and having does, that yeah. response and wondering, like, what did I do wrong or what did I do right to make it go that way? And you're someone's favorite and you're someone's least favorite every time. It doesn't really matter. I think that... Um, 
no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, that will be a factor. But the most important thing is to, to know that you've done everything you can. And I think that um, that's quite hard because there's a lot to do. Yeah. And also just like you said, ignoring that criticism constant that you yeah. get from people that... Well, hearing a little bit of it, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Depends on where the criticism is coming from. You get quite good at knowing where that's coming from. We'll say that. Like instinctively, you get a lot of criticism and you get a lot of praise. Um, I think that's why people think the actors are a bit crazy sometimes because they're like, oh, you must love being applauded at. And I'm like, well, they're not necessarily applauding at me. And even if I am doing a great job, it's probably because the script was brilliant, which probably took somebody's whole life to write. That's not my achievement. My, my achievement standing on the stage is just to let that stuff come through me. And the discipline it takes to be able to allow that—that's that's that's the real, it's the real truth. <laughs> I mean, it's a great way of I looking at up, it. Though. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> Could you imagine? No. Oh, I'm so brilliant here. <laughs> Could you imagine? This is my work. <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, yeah. Thank you again so much. Of course, it's I hope so that great. was no. I mean, something. It's been great, and, definitely. How do I do? I listen. To, how do I listen to? Or send it to my mum because she'll really love listening um, to it. I will definitely uh, have she'll it. She'll tell on... all of her neighbour, yes. her friends. <laughs> she lives in Malta. She'll tell the whole village. And she lives in Malta. Wow. Speak English, <laughs> but she likes to tell them all about what I'm up to and bore them endlessly. Awesome. Yeah, it'll definitely be on um, like the podcast on Apple, the app, oh, you cool. know. But then also. Make sure to tweet it at you. Yeah, <laughs> Your favorite me. thing. My favorite, yeah. Um, or, you know, also, yeah. I'm so, I'll make sure I, you get it. You Don't must worry. apologize on my behalf for being bad at Twitter, but most of the time I, I feel like, why am I sharing? Why am I sharing? Like, what, what do I really have to say? It's funny, like when you're a kid and you, you, you grow up, people are like, you know, think before you speak. And now we're like, no, no, don't think before you speak. Tell everybody exactly what you're thinking it's, now. It's such a weird culture of we think that everyone wants to know what we think, but no one cares is what I think is important to realize. If you're doing it for you, then sure, but not to do things for others. Yeah, maybe take a walk in a park for you. Yeah. <laughs> that would just improve so many people's blood pressures. I have a friend that always tells me to go outside and look at the trees if I am stressed. That's a good idea. It does actually help. Because every time I'm like, you know what? I love you're trees. Right. Yeah. I love trees. I'm from Florida, so palm trees. I miss them. Here you go. Are they trees? Is that a tree? It is. It is a tree. <laughs> It's a tree that doesn't fall. I'm going to be there for Christmas with my girlfriend this year. We're going to Florida. I'm quite quite excited. What part? I'm excited and scared because there will be no snow. So I'll be, I'll be, you know, I love snow at Christmas. I've never, I've only seen snow once. But I'm going to be. Snow's a real thing. Is it? It's not just something you see like (laughs) for like an hour. (laughs) Everyone just keeps telling me how gross it is in the city though. Well, I guess maybe. After the first, like, if you're used to beaches and the nice sea breeze for Christmas, but like, I'm used to getting wrapped up warm and having hot chocolate. And well, I will actually singing carols and oh. you know, all that stuff. Yeah, we don't have white Christmas in Florida, that's for sure. They do sing carols though, right? Just yes, bikinis. <laughs> yes, we all just stand outside. Bikini carol service. <laughs> you won't be seeing me there with my very white, pasty body. I'll save you all that embarrassment. It is with the palm tree. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time to slap the beaver. Fight call on stage. Fight call on stage. (laughs) That probably doesn't make any sense. But slapping the beaver is very serious. It doesn't sound. (laughs) You'll you'll see when you see the show. Beavers is a person. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of Broadway AMA. Keep an eye out on our Twitter or Facebook page, at Broadway Radio, for my next guest, and have your questions ready with the hashtag BroadwayAMA. 
I'm Kayla Milligan. Until next time.